What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to all you new listeners. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, a little bit of business. We have two other shows, Speaking of Murders and Speaking of Hauntings. Make sure you're checking those out. Uh, If you want to see photos of today's episode or associated with today's episode, you can find those on our socials. Those are linked in the episode description and the show description. Make sure you're subscribing to the Patreon We have bonus episodes there every other Saturday, so don't miss out on those. And it's all kinds of neat stuff. Sometimes it's missing, murdered, haunted. Sometimes it's other stuff like werewolf trials, cults, cryptids, aliens, aliens, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you're subscribing to that and uh, you're not missing out on those. Um, Don't forget to leave us five stars. Share with your friends, your family. It really helps the show out. And if you have a missing person case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. And an announcement, uh, we officially have a YouTube channel. So make sure you go check that out. If not you with prefer. our faces on it. No, we're we're not we're not doing uh, actual live video yet. It's still just audio. Um, but I do try and incorporate photos into those so you can hear the case and see the photos. Um, and then I'll be linking that in the uh, episode and show descriptions within the next week or two. You'll be able to follow a link in there. So all of that said, Sarah, tell us about a missing person. Love to, Bob. So just going to say this case is not very long, but I did not see a lot of people covering it. So I'm going to tell it because I feel like it makes no sense. Like, what happened with this kid? Okay. So, his name is Ricky Lane Thomas Jr. So, his biological father was Ricky Thomas Sr. His mother's name was Tina. He was born December 21st, 1983. So, not much longer after me. He's a Christmas baby. Yeah. He grew up with a stepfather after him and his after his mom and dad split up uh that guy's name was John Martin i really could not find any information on like how old he was when she remarried or even left his dad like no idea ricky was born and raised in bristow indiana and was n- by the age of 13 he had what they considered behavioral problems. Okay. So he was, like, getting in trouble at school, and his mom and stepdad were claiming they couldn't control him. He was, at the time that his disappearance happens, he was expelled from school for threatening his teacher. And... His his mom and stepdad were supposed to be homeschooling him, but pretty much the cops 
or reporters, I should say, reports made it seem like they weren't homeschooling him because they worked during the day. But that doesn't mean they weren't homeschooling him. Right. Because you can homeschool at any time. Right. Well, Tina and John had, like I said, a hard time with him. So he spent a lot of time staying with his cousin, and her name was Daisy Applegate. Also couldn't find out how old she was at this time. I'm assuming like in her 20s. Okay. He would stay at her house for like weeks to months at a time. Like anytime Tina was like, I just can't handle him, she would send him to Daisy's house. And his relationship with John was like what you would think of a typical step-parent relationship. They didn't really get along. They were known to have violent fights with each other, one of which ended with Daisy having to take Ricky to the hospital with a head injury. Oh, damn. That's fucked up. Yeah. I wouldn't be married no more. Yeah. One article I read made it sound like Tina was afraid of Ricky and that John was just like, I don't care if he lays there and dies. This is like with the head injury situation. She was, like, afraid to take him to the hospital because she didn't want John to get in trouble. And John was just like, I don't care if he lays there and whatever happens, happens. Jesus. So, yeah. On November 6th, 1997, Ricky called his cousin Daisy to ask her if she would take him to the McDonald's in Tell City, Indiana, which is was just, like, the next... I think it was like the town that you would have to go shopping in because I think where they were living was kind of a small, not really anything there kind of a place. Yeah. John would say later that he saw Ricky around 1130 a.m. that day when he came home for a bit. No one knows why he came home. Some people say he came home that day to get lunch. Some people say there was no real reason for him to be home that day at lunchtime. Well, Ricky wanted to go to McDonald's because he had 20 bucks. And so he was like, hey, will you take me to McDonald's and then let me stay the night with you tonight because I don't want to be here. And she said, yeah, but told him to walk to her house which her house was only a mile and a half from his house, and he had walked there a billion times before. Okay. He he walked back and forth all the time. So he was supposed to leave his house when he got off the phone with her at around 1.30, but he never showed up. And Daisy called his mom later that afternoon, like, is Ricky home? He never showed up. He asked me to take him to McDonald's and he was supposed to walk here and he didn't come. Well, Tina was like, no, he's not here. And maybe something made him mad and he'll show back up later. But the weird thing is he had two 13-week-old puppies and they were also gone. And he would never take them to Daisy's house because she didn't let him bring the dogs so he had and plus they were going to mcdonald's so he wouldn't have brought the dogs with him if he was gonna walk to her house but these two puppies are missing also it's pretty strange yeah 
So his mom thinking like, oh, he'll just show back up, doesn't report him missing until the next day. And it doesn't say like when the next day. It just says she doesn't report him missing until the next day. Police launched an investigation. Family and friends like joined them searching for him. But they literally found not a single sign of him or even like any evidence to point them in the right direction. Like nobody saw him walking on the street that day, which is weird. Like somebody would see you. Right. Especially if you're walking a mile and a half. Yeah. But no one saw him. So he just hung up the phone with Daisy and then vanished out of thin air. Mm Mm-hmm. So Tina and John told investigators they did not think he would run away. That, yeah, he had some behavior problems, but usually when he left, it was to go to Daisy's house. He always went to Daisy's house. During the investigation, it was found that Ricky had packed two backpacks that he took with him. But that wasn't unusual because nobody knew how long he was actually planning to stay at Daisy's house. But he left his wallet on the dresser, which had the $20 in it. Why is it that when people go missing, the wallet is always left behind? Because they didn't really go missing. It's always the wallet. I agree with Sarah. They really didn't go missing. And on the two backpack things, I I stayed the night at... Sam's for one night and brought four, so. (laughs) They weren't just for you. Yeah, but even then, I still would have probably brought two myself. Well, this, the whole leaving the wallet and that $20 behind, that made police go, heck no, he wasn't planning to be gone long, because the whole thing was he had made this $20 and he wanted to go to McDonald's, so why would he leave it here? Right. Yeah, he ain't about to leave $20 behind. Right. So he also left all of his other personal items. Like toothbrush and stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. I've heard they're pretty important. That's what I hear, too. But since since they believed he left on his own, they didn't conduct a full search of his home or property. Like, they didn't think anyone kidnapped him. They thought maybe he just, like ran to a friend's house really quick and something happened or whatever. Like, they thought he had planned to come back that same day. Uh, but then why would you take the two backpacks? I don't And the two puppies. Well, no one thinks he took the puppies. No one in his whole family thinks he took the two puppies, and the police don't think he took the two puppies because somebody would have saw him walking down the street with these two 13-week-old puppies. But then where the fuck did the puppies go? Yeah, where did they go? Where did he go? It's only going to get weirder. Pretty early on, John became a big person of interest in Ricky's disappearance. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. There were things about him that made police take notice. So John did not help in any search efforts to find Ricky. That was number one. Didn't help look for him Not even for a little bit. And the day Tina reported Ricky missing, John called his work and told them he needed to take a personal day that day because he had to go meet up with his sister. But John's whereabouts that day could not be verified. And it's been reported that he never met up with his sister that day. 
but nobody knows what he was doing. So his whereabouts are completely unknown for that day. For the day she reported him missing. Well, no wonder he's a person of interest. Exactly. Well, hmm. he's also a person of interest because every time he was asked to take a polygraph test, he would either not show up or when the questions started to become about Ricky, he would just get up and walk out in the middle of it. Uh, excuse me yeah when he the way the detective described it is that if he thought he was gonna get caught in a lie during a question he would just be like i'm done and take it off instead of answering the question well i mean you've done did you you done ratted yourself out right right like how do you think that makes you look do you think that makes you look any better than trying to like, shit, at that point, just lie. Well, in all fairness, we tell people, refuse a polygraph. Yeah, refuse I it. No, and I get not agreeing to it initially, but you agreed to it, got strapped into it, and, and then just up and walked away. you be able to walk away at any given point. Yeah, but multiple yeah, times. Yeah, but he did it like six times. Oh, why? That doesn't make, why would you do that? Yeah, after the first time, call it quits. It wasn't like one time. It was like five or six times he got up and walked out. The only reason. Or he would schedule of... it and then like agree to it and then be like, no, I can't. Like, don't get me wrong. The dude looks sketchy even without the polygraph stuff because his, you know, whereabouts can't be verified for that day. But as far as the polygraphs go, the only reason I can think of why he would do that is if he went into it telling them, look, I'm willing to do this. Don't ask me about Ricky. If you do, I'm going to walk out. And then they do. And he's like, all right, well, I told you I was going to do this. Well, that's the whole reason he would be taking the polygraph test in the first place, which is... Well, not, not necessarily. Point, they could be. Ta- he could be taking it just to see if his whereabouts. Um, no, it's done. no. It was all about. No, I know. I'm just saying. Either way, it's completely stupid. It's stupid. It and Tina did take the polygraph test, but her results have never been released to the public. Interesting. The most damning thing against John. And this is like completely fucked up. Just gonna throw that out there. Is not long after the disappearance of Ricky, Tina got a phone call from a person disguising their voice that told her if she wanted, if wait, if she went to a, this certain remote location and gave her an address, that she would find proof that Ricky was still alive. So Tina and the police went where the caller told them to go, and they found a snow globe of Ricky's sitting on the ground. John ended up coming clean a couple days later that he made this phone call and planted the snow globe, but said it was because he just wanted Tina to move on. Excuse me? So and he still thought, haven't gotten a divorce? He thought that if she thought he was still alive and just, you know, living no, that his would... life, that she would just move on. Are they still married? We're going to get to it. Uh, that's your fucking son, dude. And he's missing. Right. Like, even if they had... I just a... want her to get over it. Yeah, even if they had problems. No mom. He said, move on. Problems You're are not. You're incriminating yourself, sir. Yeah, well... Tina divorced John. Thank fucking God. Yeah, but some articles say she cut off all contact with him, but one article I read that was um, 
like in the 14 news. It was like four, yeah, it was 14 news from February 13, 2004. Claims that they spoke with Tina and she confirmed the divorce and said she never spoke with John again. But they actually kind of ambushed her at her house after this phone call to try to get an interview because she doesn't do interviews. Like, she's not out here like some parents and and trying to constantly keep it in the news. So they ambushed her. And I'm just saying this is according to their news article. And this is like a legit news station. They said that while they were there on her property trying to get an in-person interview with her, that John pulled up in the driveway driving a camper and that Tina immediately kicked them off of her property, refusing an interview, and they tried to get him to give them an interview off the property and he said he couldn't right now. So according to them, she did not cut off all contact, that she divorced him just to appease the public. Hmm. 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 Indeed. Hmm. Strange. Now, Daisy believed for a very long time that Ricky ran away on his own and that he would show back up when he was an adult. But that never happened because he's the same age as me and he's never shown back up. Police have the theory that he never left the house at all that day because, like I said, no one witnessed him walking from his house to her house. Right. That's my thought. They think something happened to him at his house that day. Which was my thought. Some reports say that John passed away in 2005 and whatever he knew or whatever he did passed away with him because... Even though police are still, like, actively working on this case and they believe that John was responsible. There's there's no way to prove there's it. There's no way to prove it. But just in case, he... I mean, if if his mother was so quick to not take Ricky to the hospital with the first altercation because she wanted to protect her husband, Who's I could say? see it have... Like, them having an altercation that was much worse of an outcome, and she did the same thing. But well, I think it happened, and she was at work that Yeah, day. but I'm saying, I feel like she knows, but didn't want anything to happen right. to John. But I don't understand, like, yeah, they why he came home that day in the first place f- during his lunch. That, yeah, they could have had an altercation after he got off the phone with Daisy, yeah, because that snow globe thing, like, really, like, was a good, significant, like, event to make me think that Ricky's dead. Yeah. And John knows Ricky is dead. Well, I will say that Daisy fought really hard for John and Tina, claiming that they would not have done anything to hurt Ricky. And she, like, was a big advocate on they had nothing to do with it. And his biological father passed away, like, just a couple years after he disappeared of an alleged drug overdose. That's so unfortunate. But, yeah, that's the case of Ricky Thomas Jr. I mean, it was a really long time ago, but at the time he was 5'8", 
to 5'9 and 170 pounds at 13. He's a big boy. He had sandy blonde hair and hazel eyes and small scars on his cheeks, which I'm assuming are acne scars. Probably. But if you know anything, you can call the Indiana State Police because they're the ones who are overseeing this case now instead of it being a local thing. It's a state case. And their phone number is 812-482-1441. All right. (sighs) Sketchy-ass situation. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, I know it wasn't a very long case, but like... It's very strange. It's very strange, and it there's not a lot of podcasts that have talked about him, and I'm like, why? Like, it could have... Yeah, like, where did he go from the time, like, from after hanging up the phone? Like, where and, did he go? Yeah, and have has anybody went back to that original property and searched it? Yeah, who knows? He could be there. No. Where did the two puppies go? Yeah, I know. Like... How does a 5'8 kid... That's 170 pounds just with finish. two 13-week-old puppies and two backpacks just disappear, disappear. completely yeah. unseen. Well, if you know anything, make sure you call that number that Sarah handed out. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Leave a review. Share us with your friends, your family, whoever you want to share us with, coworkers. Make sure that you're getting subscribed to the Patreon so you're not missing out on any of those bonus episodes. And if you want to see photos, make sure you're checking out our socials. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to add in? No. No. Mm-mm. All right. Last uh, thing. Make sure if you have a case you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, missingmurderedhaunted at gmail.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.